Some Protestant ministers and I were going on a retreat, and it happened that it fell on the anniversary of my ordination, and so I excused myself to go to the church to offer the sacrifice of the Mass. They asked if they could come along, to which I said, well, yeah, sure, although I warned them. I said, this is a Marian feast day, the Queenship of Mary. Boy, there is a title that warms the heart of a Protestant but didn't seem to bother them a bit. And I wondered what it was going to be like to hear Lutherans, Baptists, and Evangelicals sing Hail Holy Queen, thinking surely this would be a sign that the second coming was imminent. Well, while walking to the church, one of the ministers took me off to the side and he said, Pete, I want to go to communion. We both knew he couldn't. He said, but Pete, I believe the bread and wine become Jesus' body and blood. I felt sad for him because he was the pastor of a church that denied the reality of the Eucharist. I said that for his sake, I could not possibly admit him to the holy gifts. How, I asked, could you possibly say, Amen, I believe now, and then later call the Eucharist a mere symbol when you teach your congregation. There was a minister from a Wesleyan church who came to my parish every year to celebrate the Christmas Midnight Mass. Now, he would never approach to receive the Holy Gifts, thank God. One day he called and said, can we just visit and have coffee? He said, sure. He came over, and he said, I'm convinced that something happens at that altar. That isn't bread or wine anymore. It is really the body and blood of Jesus. His witness to the truth had the potential to get him into a lot of trouble with his denomination. I have always found it fascinating and humbling how the power of the Holy Mass, the divine liturgy, and Seth is a seminarian, listen carefully now, how the power of the Holy Mass, the divine liturgy, so often conveys the truth to those outside of our faith. The realization is that Wesleyan ministers said, something happens at that altar. I experienced this when I was about 10 years old. And I went to a Catholic church for the very first time, something my Protestant pastor sternly warned us to never do because it was a grave sin to go to a Catholic church. And I went to the mother of all churches, St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. And there was a mass that was being celebrated at a side altar. At some level, I instinctively knew, I apprehended that everything about that huge church was dedicated to that single event, that something happened at that altar, although I could not articulate it at that time. But then I have to say I am dumbfounded, saddened, and angered by the blasé, cavalier attitude of Catholics 
who seem to take the miracle at the altar for granted. There are those who receive the holy gifts and then they bulk out of the church right before Mass is ended, thinking, oh, we've done our thing with Jesus and don't realize how utterly ungrateful and disrespectful they are to Jesus and to the congregation they're worshiping with. By the way, it's a mortal sin to do that, unless there's a very serious reason. There are those who think they can go to Holy Communion in other churches for the sake of fellowship, not realizing that in doing so, they are really rejecting the truth, rendering their amen, which means I believe, into a lie. There are those who believe there's nothing wrong with skipping Mass altogether without a serious reason, and they comfort themselves with the very dangerous illusion, well, Jesus understands. And then there are those who complain, as a woman once told me, well, Father, the Mass just isn't entertaining me like the worship in other churches. No joke, I have been told this. I cannot help but think that the non-Catholic who accepts the grace to believe that something happens at that altar, that bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ, is in far better spiritual shape than the Catholic who's chosen to become immune to, ungrateful for, the grace of faith that was given. Now, a question that is often asked by those who cannot go to Holy Communion, as that Protestant minister did, is, why can't I receive if I believe? And the answer is simple. There cannot be communion in sacrament, until there is communion with the church that Jesus personally established and empowered to celebrate the sacrament. One cannot exist without the other. When I was a Protestant, and I came to believe that the Eucharist is what Jesus says it is, his body and blood, that his word has all the power and the authority to make real what he sends it out to do, I came to the inevitable conclusion. I had to find a historical church that faithfully handed down the teaching Jesus gave to his apostles on this sacrament and the authority he gave to his apostles to celebrate this sacrament. No Protestant church can make that claim. It is not, of course, politically correct to say this, but it is the objective historical truth. Only two churches have faithfully preserved the apostolic teaching and the apostolic authority the Orthodox Church, and the Catholic Church, or as St. Pope John Paul II called them, the two lungs of the one church. And for some time, I struggled to choose between them because I was drawn to both. The holy mystery we are graced to celebrate today is nothing other than the miracle of divine compassion for man. By the authority of Jesus' word, whose power knows no limits, nor can be diluted by the passage of time, 
Bread and wine shall become his body and his blood. The holy gifts will convey to us his forgiveness of our sins, his grace, his divine life, and his divine love. We would do well to always be in awe of this mystery. As that Wesleyan minister so rightly said, something happens at that altar.